Hi, it's Sophia. I am here with Jericho. Hi. And today we're going to be joined by a mega, mega, mega star on YouTube, Lily Singh. Jericho, Mm -hmm. what do you think about Goop? It's huge. It's healthy. It's Gwyneth. (laughs) So Gwyneth has been on Gwyneth Paltrow, that is. Mm -hmm. She needs no introduction, has been on Girl Boss Radio. And I'm really fascinated by Goop just because in the landscape, you know, they've created something where they do content, they have products, they curate products, they create their own products, they have conferences, Mm -hmm. they have like pop-ups, they have like, I mean, it's amazing from like apparel to um, like wellness products. And it's just all in in really great taste, in my yeah. opinion. Like, you know, their nutritional supplements are actually really good. They have Juice Beauty, which is like actually really great skincare products. Like I like the products on their site, um, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I just no one's really nailed content and commerce. And I think they've done such a good job. And for us, you know, just from where we sit as a small company, like what we're building, I think will be very different, but it's fascinating to see what they've done. And, you know, now that the world is shifting away from Facebook and, you mm-hmm. know, wants really authentic content that isn't like clickbaity, you know, it seems yes. like they've built something that's going to weather the storm. And my favorite product, honestly, is Goop Glow Morning Skin Super Powder. It's a drinkable, single-serving skin supporter which provides inside-out nutrition for a healthy complexion by way of powerful antioxidants, vitamins C and E, and other amazing stuff. If there's anyone who's going to create something that's actually clean, it's going to be Goop. And it tastes amazing. So, What else do you like about the Goop stuff, Sophia? Okay, so the Goop by Juice Beauty Exfoliating Instant Facial does exactly what it says it does. It instantly brightens and softens your skin. And it's just this beautiful, really simple packaging. And you know how obsessed with skincare I am. So you can go online to goop.com slash girlboss. I love this URL. To learn more about these and other Girlboss approved Goop products. That's goop.com slash girlboss. One more time. Goop.com slash girlboss. Success. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word, which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition, with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions, for side hustles and well-being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girlboss Media, and this is Girlboss Radio. Lily Singh is a YouTube sensation, vlogger, comedian, author, rapper, actress, and motivational speaker. Known by her YouTube channel as Superwoman, she has over 13 million video subscribers and over 1 billion video views. She's a Forbes 30 under 30, and in 2017, Forbes reported that Lily made $10.5 million, putting her on the list of top 10 highest paid YouTubers. Lily was born in a suburb of Toronto, Canada. 
Oh, okay. I'm pretty similar to who I am today, actually. Very loud. Always had an opinion about things. Was very rebellious in terms of, like, if I really wanted to do something, whether it was dance or, like, turn the house upside down baking, I'd just do it. Tomboy, as you can tell right now, I'm also still a tomboy. And just, you know, very difficult for my Indian parents to raise. After graduating from New York University with a bachelor's degree in psychology, Lily struggled with depression. She found making videos to be therapeutic, and in 2010, she created her YouTube channel, Superwoman. So I was going through a really tough time in university where I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was getting a lot of pressure to get into fields of study that I didn't care about. And I was like, oh my God, I have to plan out my whole life and everyone probably wants me to get married after this and I don't know what's going to happen. So I actually started making YouTube videos because I was sad. And it's something that excited me and made me happy. And so I really had no plans of posting a second or third video or being good at it or it being a job. You definitely couldn't make money off of it or be famous at that time. So uh, I started making videos to make myself laugh. Lily's videos include comedy sketches and her take on everyday activities, which are influenced by her Indian heritage. Today, Lily's business includes YouTube, daily vlogs, merch, live performance tours, motivational speaking engagements, a New York Times bestseller, and an acting career. Yeah, and also, you know what the cool thing about writing the book was? There's something about going back and reliving your experiences and then extracting the lessons out of them that actually solidifies them in your brain. Today, she'll talk about being a pioneer woman in the digital space and about continuing to grow in the shifting landscape. First, let's say hi to Jericho. Jericho, Jericho, hee-ho-ho. So we're two weeks in to self-service. So cool. Your new podcast. How's it been going? Everybody's being really nice to me about it. Oh, the I internet love. can be mean. So yeah, we're happy about that. I'm surprised. But you have another job, don't you? Yeah. I'm editorial director of girlboss.com. I want to know what we're doing on girlboss.com. So many things. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what's going on. We tried a few apps last week that... Let's just say like they're not the most legit way to make a stable income, but they will make you money. Hmm. So we're talking about apps like you might have heard of HQ Trivia, which is like super viral right now. And it's like a trivia game show that you play on your phone and it happens twice a day and you can like win money if you win the round. Like how much money? Well, you have to share it with everybody else in the world who's also played and won the same game as you. So you might end up getting like, 12 bucks, depending on how many other people are playing. But there's other apps out there that you can make even more on. But it has to be said that there are risks. Again, like this isn't a way to make, this isn't a side hustle. This is something that like, it's fun and you might make a little bit of money as well. So like not Bitcoin? Yeah, no. We're not going there yet. Not yet. Okay. (laughs) So risk wise, like there's technical glitches, there's like bad customer service. And obviously when you're like, using an app and getting money to use it there's like something else happening and usually that's they're selling your information Mm -hmm. so like people are like spammers advertisers are getting access to your contacts or whatever so there's a price you have to keep that in mind but some can be really fun okay so here's a few ebates is basically like taking the old school concept of rebates into like the app age so basically like they give you like discounts on stuff via like affiliate marketing I guess um so you basically like you shop for certain things in a certain way you tell the app like what you're buying and then the app gives you rewards for Mm. shopping and then influencer is really cool because it's it's like mostly beauty and lifestyle products that you're reviewing so it's kind of like 
if you're interested in like beauty vlogging and reviewing products, you can just basically go on here and do it and they'll send you stuff to you. So it can be kind of glitchy, people say, but you can get like stuff sent to your door and review it and share it with other people, which I feel like so many of us want to do anyway. So that's a really fun one. Hmm. And HQ trivia is really fun as well, even though a lot of people say it's creepy because the guy kind of... It's like a guy. It's weird. It's kind of like Black Mirror-ish. Like yeah. the way that it's presented is really creepy. But I think everyone should play it once because it's fun. What's FOPE? Oh, FOPE is like... Faux. Um, <laughs> it's like soap with an F, you guys. Yeah. Like F as in like Frankie, Bob Fowl. I know why. I still haven't really figured out Fope? why it's called that. But it's for, it's for photos and it's an app. So maybe it's like FOAP. Anyway, if you like taking photos on your smartphone, which most of us do, this is an app where you upload photos and basically like companies can buy them. So it's almost just like a stock photography app where you can get money if brands like legitimate brands see your photo by, by using like, you know, keyword search and then you get money. That's cool. Just for uploading your photos that are on your phone anyway. Hmm. Yeah, so that's a good one. The only thing is it's like it's really hard to promote yourself. Like they'll only find you if they find you. And because yeah. obviously so many people are using it, the more people use it, the less likely they're going to pick your photos unless you're like particularly good, hmm. you know. So um, and there's more. There's another pop quiz one where if you want to play a game like HQ Trivia, but you don't want to do it at those very specific times of the day, Perk Pop Quiz is the best one to earn money on and play at any time. Perk pop quiz. But apparently, again, like the customer support is non-existent. So take this all with a grain of salt. Leave it to us to tell you guys how to make the real bucks on Girlboss <laughs> Radio. Bucks here, zero bucks yeah. there. Cool. Be safe. And this is all on girlboss.com right now. Yes, it is. Go check it out. So Lily's here. We're going to get to her in just a second. But first, I want to talk a little bit about ShipStation, who has been such an incredible partner for us here on Girl Boss Radio. ShipStation allows you to get your orders out quickly and keep your customers happy. It's the fast and easy way to manage your online orders. So instead of going on USPS.com or UPS.com or wherever you might be like figuring out how to print a shipping label, ShipStation integrates into all of the top uh, e-commerce providers mm -hmm. like WooCommerce, Squarespace, Shopify. Shopify, Etsy, Etsy. And so when you get an order, it basically just talks to ShipStation and tells you how much the thing weighs, where it's going, how much that postage is going to cost, what you know, solution is going to be cheapest and fastest. So is it UPS, USPS, or FedEx? You can, you know, have them all kind of basically compete for your postage dollars and allows you to save time ultimately because you can access all of this anywhere that you are on your phone. And ShipStation has been one of our longest partners of Girlboss Radio, which in the world of podcast ads means that like our audience is using ShipStation and like adopting it based on hearing about it. So to me, it means like if you're considering selling online, you should definitely be using ShipStation because everybody who's like you listening to Girlboss Radio already is. So you can try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free, but only if you use my promo code GIRLBOSS. Don't wait. Go to ShipStation.com and before you do anything else, find the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in GIRLBOSS. That's ShipStation.com. Enter GIRLBOSS. S-H-I-P-S-T-A-T-I-O-N.com. Enter GIRLBOSS. Ship station. Make, Make ship, ship happen. happen. 
Now Lily Singh, a multifaceted comedian and entertainer. Since 2010, Lily has found worldwide fame through her comedic and inspirational YouTube videos, amassing over 13 million subscribers and over a billion views. Here's Lily. Tell me about your early life. Ooh, okay. I am pretty similar to who I am today, actually. Very loud. Um, Always had an opinion about things. Was very rebellious in terms of, like, if I really wanted to do something, whether it was dance or, like, turn the house upside down baking, I'd just do it. I was really, really creative. Tomboy, as you can tell right now, I'm also still a tomboy. And just, you know, very difficult for my Indian parents to raise. Yeah, I bet. Do you have siblings? I do. I have an older sister. She's six years older. Um, She's, like, awesome. She's great, but she was probably a little bit easier to raise because she, you know, got her master's degree in occupational therapies, married, has kids, did the thing. All the normal stuff. All the, like, things that make parents proud, you know? But your parents are proud. They're proud, but would they be, they'd be even prouder if I had, like, a kid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know? I always tell my team, I'm like, my parents are really proud, but I could literally become the Prime Minister of Canada, and still, they'd be like, but do you have children? You went to college. I went to university, yeah, in Toronto. Do you not call it college there? No, so everyone, okay, so every time I say this, all my American fans are like, you're so stuck up, why do you have to say university? Because it's different in Toronto. Mm. College and university are different. Is college like trade and like, is it? College like- is just more a little more hands-on specifically for a job and university is like, you're still in that phase of like taking mandatory classes in different areas that aren't necessarily your job. Okay. Path, yeah. So, like, college is like, you're going to be an esthetician. Yeah, exactly. And university is like, you're going to be a doctor. Not necessarily, but if for the sake of me going to university, So you're yes. saying you're a doctor. Yes. I'm saying that I'm smart, and I went to Harvard. <laughs> you did? <laughs> no. Oh. I went to York University in Toronto. Oh, you could go to Harvard. Thanks. They have executive programs and stuff. Oh, you think I know things about business? Thanks. I don't know. You could, it's just, you'd have to be in Boston for a while, which I don't know if you really want to do that. Mm, I'm over the snow, so I'm not yeah. going to do that. So what did you study? I have a degree in psychology. Oh. Which I'm clearly not using do you, right now. Do you therapize yourself? Do you, are you your own? You know what? The th- I will admit, I was convinced that I never used my psychology degree. But then sometimes during conversations or when I'm dealing with like my team or even when I'm like trying to understand myself and why I react to things, I kind of do use it sometimes. But how to motivate people totally. or why people don't feel motivated and why people are actually upset about things. Sometimes I do. As someone who's marketing to people in a way, everything you do is like made to like entertain mm-hmm. or for people to talk about it or to share. It's like understanding the psychology of, right, right, right. of that I think is really important. And yeah, understanding humans makes you capable of making things that mm, humans might like. And I think possibly. it's like the psychology of motivating people is what I really like, whether it's my team yeah. or whether it's my fans or whether it's like a random person having a bad day. I think there's a lot of psychology behind that, making someone feel like, no, I'm in a different mind state to actually accomplish things. That's cool. What did you think you were going to do with your psychology degree? I was actually, when, the, when I made my first u- couple YouTube videos, I was in the process of applying to go to graduate school to do counseling psychology. Yeah, like family counseling and all that stuff. And I'm like, thank God I didn't do that because I don't think I would have been very good at it. You would have been a really, really entertaining therapist. Yeah, it would have been about me. (laughs) I would have walked in there and be like, this is about me. I'm going to perform for an hour. (laughs) I'm going to dress up like my dad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's role play where I'm everyone. So what jobs did you have before you launched your YouTube channel? Was that your first job? No, 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 no. no. I've had many jobs. I've done 
the fast food thing. I've done retail. I've done collection agency, phone Ooh. center. I've done um, babysitting. Obviously, I've done cashier. Where at, were you a cashier? I was a cashier at this retail store called Blue Notes in Toronto, also Future Shop, which is like Best Buy kind of. Okay. You know? Um, and I also did it at Winner's Home Sense, which you guys have here called something similar. So I've been in a lot of different retail jobs, and the the, the most challenging was definitely the collection agency call center, when you have to call people and be like, hi, you owe money to these yeah. people. Do they hang up on you? A lot. I got a lot of swearing. I got a lot of hanging up. I got a lot of threats, all those things. And what fast food restaurant did you work at? Harvey's. Sometimes I'd have to sing happy birthday to people during their birthday. Okay. So it was like fancier than fast food because like no, you it was would go jo- to their it table. Was baby- it was fast food. But it was also attached to a restaurant and and they would be like short staff. So in my fast food outfit, I'd have to go to the restaurant and sing happy birthday to those people. Oh, wow. Yeah. My first job was in fast food. Where was it? It was at Subway. See, but at least that's like classy. Is that classy? And I know. I, I don't know why I asked that. Of course, I, I know. Had to I had to wear a visor exactly. and a polo shirt, and, and you did like security, tuna right? every day when I went home. I did. Yes, it was. I was a campus safety host. Yes, I remember. Lily Singh isn't just a superstar. She's Superwoman, which is also the name of her wildly popular YouTube channel. Funny, smart, and insightful, the actress and comedian covers topics ranging from relationships to career choices to everyday annoyances. It's no wonder she's garnered more than a billion views. So I actually called myself Superwoman before I started YouTube. It was based off a hip-hop song with Lil Mo featuring Fabulous from, like, back in the day. It was a hip-hop song. And I remember because my MSN screen name was Superwoman. Because I was like, oh, it's so cool. I'm like a superhero. I can motivate myself. And then when I discovered YouTube, it was the end of university. And I was just not in a good place in life. I was getting a lot of pressure to get into fields of study that I didn't care about. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to plan out my whole life. And everyone probably wants me to get married after this. And I don't know what's going to happen. So I actually started making YouTube videos because I was sad. And it's something that excited me and made me happy. And so I really had no plans of posting a second or third video or being good at it or it being a job. You definitely couldn't make money off of it or be famous at that time. So uh, I started making videos to make myself laugh. And it made me happy. So I made a second and third one. And other people started laughing. So... Why YouTube? Was that the only place to upload videos? Could you have made your own website at the time? What year is this? This is 2010. So there weren't many options. Of course, like I think Facebook existed at that time. Twitter, not yet. But there was nothing like YouTube. Oh, not yet, according to me, at least. Not I don't in my know. World. Um, but YouTube was the first kind of thing I discovered where people were randomly uploading videos. And I thought it was just so intriguing. And like I said, I didn't upload a video because I was like, this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. I was literally like, this seems like it'll distract me from being sad. I'm going to post a video. And it was very bad. And all my videos were very bad. Did you instantly <laughs> get feedback and comments? and? Yeah, through, t- through a couple different ways. My friends and family that would watch my videos. So the seven people that would be like, good job, Lily, from upstairs. Love, mom. Um, and then there was like, you know, the fake accounts I would make to support myself. And what Great were... job, Lily. <laughs> Whoa. Did you really? I did. At That's the beginning, amazing. I did. I made fake, account, fake accounts. And I'm like, this girl seems cool. We should follow her. What were some of your first videos? What were you doing? Oh, my God. So some of my first videos were... My first video was a spoken word piece, which was very bad. I was reading off a piece of paper, and it was about religion. And it's not up because it just doesn't represent who I am anymore. But then I did tutorials. Then I did some comedy. Then I did like some rap covers. So it was like a mess of everything, really. Trying to figure out what really worked for me. And what did you find worked? 
All of them? I found, well, it's interesting. I found that comedy works best. Like, I really enjoy telling jokes, but I didn't get, I didn't perform well in comedy until I really started to stop being someone else on camera. Because for my first couple of videos, you can tell the way I dress, the way I stand, the way I'm acting. I'm like trying to be this funny person. And then once I was like, I'm just going to be my weird self and have these quirks and talk about my pimples and all the things that make me me. That's when people were like, oh, we're like that too. And so that's where my career really started to take off. And you were doing everything. You were writing, directing, Mm -hmm. editing. Mm -hmm. We're using like a webcam. Like what? I was using the webcam attached to my laptop, so I'd have to elevate my laptop on like a pile of books and speakers, Uh and then use my webcam. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. I remember the first SLR I bought. It was six hundred ninety nine dollars, and I spent all of my money, all every penny of my money, to buy it. In 2010, when Lily launched her YouTube channel, she was charting into relatively unknown territory. Now a generation of users are consuming most of their media in the digital space as broadcast television heads down a path towards, I don't know, maybe extinction? I asked her to talk about the evolution of the brand that she helped make a household name. I'm glad you asked this question. The YouTube space when I started was pure and innocent and lovely (laughs) it was logan what it was pure (laughs) and the thing about 2010 when i started and i'm not even like a a veteran veteran there's lots of people like jenna marbles and uh yeah a lot of people that were making videos at that time that are still making videos now that i think are like the ogs that created a path for us but i think at that time people made youtube videos because they were either sad, aka me, or didn't have an outlet or had social anxiety, or there's something there that compelled them, some passion that was like, I need I want to do this as an outletter because I believe in something. There was no rich and famous then. So no kids were like, I want to be a YouTuber. I know. Absolutely. It's not. like an aspiration for like young people like teenagers exactly. right now. And I think um now it's become very much a business, which is fine. I enjoy business, but it's, cre- it's become a system where people will do ridiculous things for views and things that are, I don't think, respectable or good influences are, you know, really, really popular. And so it's been a difficult transition. Yeah. That's my very politically correct answer. I think that that's question. great. And I wasn't even like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even digging that deep. Yeah, I agree. And that goes for individuals. It goes for companies, you know, because we're in a world today where, like, th- brand safety and, like, you know, just consumer, tr- like, trust that, like, someone's not going to see something, like, insane or commit, like, a heinous crime on live video or content that's, like, not real or paid for by, like, evil forces. Right. or like, And it's also just, I like, mean, across the board, whether you're an individual or creating content or a brand, like, the world is shifting in such a mm-hmm. massive way away from clickbait and away from chasing views and chasing, you know... Virality will, I think, always be there, but there's a sense of, like, ethics coming into the conversation that I don't think existed a few years ago. Um, And you're seeing people make really big mistakes, and um, the platforms shift to respond to people making these really big mistakes, and it's going to upset everybody's business, right? right? The platforms shift or they don't shift, depending on what their priorities are. And I think that's a difficult thing for creators right now is that myself and a lot of my creator friends, we've worked really hard to make YouTube this very reputable place where it's like, no, we create content and it's not just about eating weird things. And, you know, we actually have ideas. And it's really challenging when it's going in such the opposite direction. 
it's just disheartening to see when you go into a meeting and someone's example of YouTube is something ridiculous. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think it's sad that like one one bad egg can make mm-hmm. things so bad for right. so many people. And it's such a – it really is like a – a minority that is like causing that is creating this content um or you know posting whatever it is mm-hmm. shitty articles on Facebook that is making like the whole world change in response but i yeah i mean it's probably long run all for the better but mm-hmm. it, it's a very like un, seems like a very uncertain time for a lot of people for including sure. companies like ours so wh- what did you attribute your early growth to like you, you just people just started seeing your stuff and like did you pro- how did you promote yourself or just people was it all word of mouth like so I attribute my early success to the fact that I am brown <laughs> so I always say that being colored is one of my biggest advantages and also one of my biggest disadvantages on my journey so far I think when I started in 2010 I was the only South Asian female doing comedy and that's why everyone was like oh my god this brown girl is like saying things and she has an opinion and oh my god and so a lot of people were like oh we've never seen this it's really cool it was a disadvantage because in the middle of my career I couldn't escape that everyone would refer to me as oh the Indian girl on YouTube or like the brown girl and I would never have a name or they would never talk about what I did it was just that was my thing I was like the token brown girl on YouTube so it's kind of a tricky situation. I, I obviously am so proud to be a woman of color, but it's been an interesting journey to have an identity beyond that, I guess. Was there money coming in in the early days? Like, and like, at what point did you start seeing like, wow, this is maybe an opportunity for me to pay my rent? And like, in the early days, were you working other jobs to pay your rent? Like, how long were you creating these videos before... You figured out that like you might be able to have a living doing this. Yeah, you know, back in the day when I started, there was no you didn't make money off videos. Like right now, anyone can upload a video and they can make money off of it. So when I started, you had to apply to be a partner and be accepted, and then you can make money off videos. My third or fourth video, I got an email from YouTube saying we'd like to monetize this video of yours, which was shocking because I was such a small creator at the time. So I just hope and prayed that someone thought I was hot at YouTube and was like, you, we pick you. And I was like, yes. Um, But it wasn't for a while that I started actually making substantial money. The first year and a half, two years, it wasn't enough to actually survive off of at all. But I had of the blessing of my parents. I lived with my parents, my very supportive Indian parents who would never make me pay rent and I'm a spoiled brat in that way. And so they were very supportive. They gave me a year to put all of my eggs in one basket for YouTube. And they said, if you don't get anywhere in this year, then we're going to want you to do your master's and pursue all the things we want you to pursue. If you do go somewhere near, great. I think that's great. I just worked really hard for that year. I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for parents that are like supportive but tough because I think a lot of people I know people who like let their kids just live with them but like don't really say like yes you can live with me but you have to be like doing like Mm -hmm. these things and then it either forces the kid out to like go figure the world out which is terrifying but so good in so many ways and you experience so much or like you know you follow a path but like that in between where you like live with your parents Mm -hmm. and like aren't really like focused on anything and get to just kind of exist right Seems like a disservice for like everybody. And I, and I think it's actually kind of selfish sometimes on the parents part because they just like want to keep their kids close. Right. They want to maintain a comfort zone. I think that's what it is. And kids, obviously it's easy to stay in a comfort zone, but I think it's, it's partially the parents. And I think it's 
also the will of the the kid to be like, no, I need to get uncomfortable now, and I need to yeah. kind of experience all these things. Yeah, you hope your kid has enough. Like, oh my god, like I'm not. No, I don't want to go to that college, so I'm gonna right. figure this out. Exactly. So, is Superwoman Lily, or is it just like a facet of you? Like, is there only two personalities? How many? What are you talking? Uh oh. <laughs> um, I'm a weird person. There's probably more personalities. Superwoman is my performance name. So you know, she's on stage and she's very loud and doesn't get scared. So she's your Hannah Montana. Yeah, kind of, but. Our values are the same. We're, I'm Lily's very weird as well. I think they're, they're the same person, but, you know, Lily also runs a business and super performs. So it's just kind of how loud and excited I am depends on who I'm being that day. If you're listening to this and thinking that you should quit your day job and start making videos, think very carefully. I asked Lily to talk to us about what kind of work goes into making digital videos. Yeah, so I have a main channel that I make scripted comedy videos on twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. And then I have a second uh, channel where I vlog. So that's kind of like the reality show. Just this is what I'm doing. Always very positive and very like hustle, work ethic oriented. But my scripted channel is where most of my effort goes. It's my my brain baby. Two pieces of scripted comedy week is a lot. It's a lot. That's a skit or a sketch I do. And so essentially what will happen is I'll be having a conversation with someone an idea will come in my brain. I'll stop the conversation. I'll write it down in my phone. I write all my scripts. I have a crew that shoots. I have an amazing team that puts everything together in terms of extras and props. And now I have someone that shoots my videos, but for six years I didn't. And for six years I also edited everything myself. Uh, but now I have a crew that does that stuff. And we shoot uh, two videos a day sometimes. The last two weeks we've shot two videos a day and we put it all together and it's amazing. How big is your team? So my daily team is probably, like, the people I interact with every single day is probably six-ish people. My larger team is much larger with all the agents. There's an agent for everything. Oh, yeah. Literally, there's an agent for everything. You probably know this. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably an agent in this room right now that I don't know about here for me. I have no idea. WME's been good to you. WME is great. Yeah. WME's amazing. When I first met with them, they said all the right things to me. They put me in this very large conference room um, with 50 chairs, and then they said, The Rock has sat where you sat. And I was like, where do I sign? (laughs) Yeah, tell me about your fascination with The Rock. Because I think, because I've heard this from you before. Like, The Rock is kind of like... Have I mentioned this before? Pretty sure. Do I have a problem? No. I think I No, maybe maybe Sarah mentioned it too. (laughs) But like, I know he's kind of like your... Does he even call himself The Rock anymore? He owns The Rock. So his Twitter handle and stuff is still The Rock. But his name is Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Mm -hmm. Dwayne, DJ. What about his career is so aspirational to you? Okay, well, when I was younger, I was obsessed with wrestling. Tomboy makes sense. So I loved him as a wrestler. And then as I grew older, I just really grew an appreciation for his career trajectory in the sense that he was a wrestler. He tried doing acting. No other wrestler was successful in that the way he was. Then he left wrestling completely, pursued acting full time. Now he has Seven Bucks Entertainment where he produces film and he has all these amazing brand deals and he just stands for such a good causes. And so what I love about him is he's always just been an example of really hard work and of adaptability. He's Mm -hmm. always adjusted and adapt and rolled with the punches and has never let the world put him in any type of box. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to him, he says that. He says, when I want to leave wrestling, everyone said it's never going to work. When he was a movie star and wanted to do a TV show called Ballers, everyone was like, you don't do that. You don't go opposite. But he does. He breaks the rules and he works really hard. And anyone that knows him knows he's just such a nice guy. Dwayne for president. Yeah. Is there, so there, you know, there's a lot of talk about like the gendered pay gap and in entertainment, in entertainment specifically, I mean, we just like heard about 
what you know what happened with Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg and the reshoot and yeah. I mean every day it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that there's a pay gap, a gender pay gap in the YouTube space? I mean, it's such a different world, or is it not? I have mixed feelings about this because if you had asked me this a year ago, I know my answer would have been, I know, it, it still to a certain extent is that I'm really proud of the digital space because anyone can upload videos. There's no casting director or producer by the upload button kind yeah. of acting as a gatekeeper. And so anyone is able to create content and able to have a voice. And I think that's something that traditional Hollywood could really take a lesson from with the digitals, from the digital space. Last year on the Forbes top earning YouTubers list, there was a lot of girls on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year there was only one. And so I was disheartened by that. Was it you? It was me. Woo! But that honestly, Still, as, as much as lonely. I could be like, yay, that's really cool. It also was disheartening because yeah. I did the whole year. And you can ask my team members. I was like, next year, it's got to be a girl at the top of the list. Like we have to show to traditional Hollywood that a girl can be at the top of our list. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. And to see that there was less girls than last year was really disheartening. But... There's a lot of really cool girls doing things on YouTube, a lot of really cool women and men, and, and I think it's much more um, an equal playing field than traditional Hollywood currently is. And so I do think uh, I'm still very proud of the digital space. Yeah. So tell me about your fans, because YouTube is built on this relationship between the creator and their fans. Mm-hmm. There's not as many layers as, you know, someone who might be cast in a film and right, right, have right. this character. Direct like access. Yeah, <laughs> they, you're really like you know kind of transparent with your community and i and 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 youtube is really built on that um how often do you interact with your fans and what what is that what are those experiences like for you my fans are the best i love them they are truly the most supportive people i'm so lucky to have them i interact with them every single day whether it's through comments or twitter or in some capacity i'll be interacting with my fans they're truly, you know, the thing is, I don't even call my fans fans. They're a community. And I say that because they do things independent of me. Even if I'm not there prompting something, they'll do it on their own. The best example I have is for my birthday last year, on their own, around the world, all my fans did one good deed in the countries they live in and made a video about it. And it had nothing to do with me. I didn't tell them to do it. But they just made a video saying, these are the things we've learned from you and the things we know are important. And it was this 25-minute video of them going out to local shelters or organizations or whatever and doing a good deed. So they were, like, doing good deeds in India and Singapore and in Dubai. And I was like, this is amazing. So they're just really proactive and great people. And I'm so lucky to have them, truly. That's not even, like, a PR thing that I would, like, I really Yeah, love that's, like, the real version of what Taylor Swift did with yeah. the cookies or brownies or whatever. What I, I truly, like, <laughs> I know my fans by name. And yeah. I love them so much. What's the downside of being a household name of like having this many people's eyes on you? Like what 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 are the things that like if this happens for, you know, if any of us are so fortunate to have mm-hmm. happened to us with our content, what what's happened for you? Like what are the things to look out for? What's the scary part? Well, the scary part is that because you said it, my fans have direct access to me. There's no middlemen. You know, they what they see me on the streets, they definitely come up to me and hug me and talk to me, which is fine. But because they feel so connected to me, some of my fans have a hard time understanding that I need to turn off sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they'll come to my hotels and they'll come places that I'm not performing and I'm not being Superwoman. Um, and it's never with bad intentions. It's just because they're fans. But I think the difficult part is ever being able to turn off. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go shopping at a mall, social media doesn't turn off. People will be following me or people will be coming up to wow. me. And that's fine to an extent if I was there to be Superwoman. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just challenging psychologically to know that 
to the person that's coming up to you, they don't have bad intentions. This is just very exciting for them, but it could have be there, the hundredth person that comes up to me that day. Have there been like truly scary moments? There's been a few. Yeah. 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 There's been a few where I'm like, okay, that's a little questionable. I know. <laughs> it can be, yeah, it can be scary. Yeah, you probably had way more. You're like, wait, you're like really hot. So you probably have stuff all the time. No, 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 yeah. no. Well, it really only happened once, but like, it was pretty scary. I don't know. My team's here and they think you're really hot too. And they might oh. start stalking you also. Okay. You guys are welcome anytime. <laughs> we need people to take video and stuff. <laughs> um, thank you. When you're on a team this small, especially when you're coming out of, you know, you're not like someone who like raised a bunch of money and had an idea and like doesn't actually know how to do everything like you have done everything. Mm -hmm. And so if you're willing to do everything, you kind of need a team who's also willing to do everything. Otherwise, it's just like it's really awkward as like the like business owner to be like, wait, like I'm willing to do that. How are you not willing to do that? What's wrong? There's something wrong with this picture. Exactly. Exactly. But I think it also goes back to just like you know, the psychology of motivating people. We had a very cute holiday clue-themed dinner yesterday, me and my team and I. Um, It was very adorable. We are obsessed with each other. It's borderline. Wait, what's a clue-themed dinner? So I basically invited them over to my house, which is the Sing Manor based off Clue, Um, and then they dressed up as Clue characters. And they had to go through a scavenger hunt through my house to find their Christmas gifts. Did you put this whole thing together? I did. It was very fun. Or they said they said it was fun. I don't know. I don't know if they'd be honest. They might have sucked. <laughs> so you're just wow. That's no, amazing. I just don't have a life. Do you require like downtime, like personal, like like I, real downtime, I like do. alone time, quiet time? I'm very big on alone time. Yeah. Your team are shaking their heads. Oh no, she doesn't. Like what these do you guys mean? over here are like what no. Do you mean? They're no. saying no. I just don't require. You know what it is. My give up line, you know that give up line people have? Yeah. Mine is very, very far. Yeah. And I think that's the thing I'm most proud of with myself. Like, it takes a lot for me to be able to say, like, okay, I'm going to give up on this. So I just, like, I love working. I love what I do. But I do have off-time team. I like to drink in my hot tub. Nice. Yeah. That's oh. my downtime. There's so much more with Lily to come, but first, Jericho and I want to talk to you about ZipRecruiter. Zippity zip, zip, zip. Jericho, you're hiring, right? Yes. I mean, do you know where to post the job and find the best candidates? Or I do, you? but I just wish there was like an easier way, you know? Well, with ZipRecruiter, there is. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. And then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. And they even review every application, taking that tedium out of your day. And they just send you the best matches. So it's like having a recruiter who are normally paid something crazy, like 20% of that person's first year salary on top of their salary. That's how much like recruiters cost, just for the record. With ZipRecruiter, they're doing this at scale for all of us and giving us a service at a much, much better price. So no wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. So that's like, you know, you're not going to have people applying for your engineering role who might be face painters. Mm-hmm. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, Girlboss Radio listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. That's like as cheap as it gets. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash GirlBoss. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash GirlBoss. And one more time, to try it free, go to Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash GirlBoss. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. <laughs> 